week's episode is brought to you by Support the Mountain's Herbal Parasite Cleanse. This formula targets the small and large intestinal tracts and larvae, the most broad-spectrum formula available today. 100% organic, formulated by Dr. Mikio Sanki, author of the Esoteric Acupuncture Series. For 10% off your first bottle, visit shopyogahub.com and use the coupon code CLEANSE at checkout. Hello and welcome to YHTV's nominated show, Magical Medical Tour. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Christina Suzuma, and with me is our wonderful medical guide, Dr. Glenn Woolman. Hello, Doc. What's up? Aha, is that black bag again? <laughs> yes, we're going inside the doctor's bag today. Yoo-hoo. Love it. I know, me too, actually. I I used to not love it as much, but I am starting to like it a lot more now. Oh, really? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, I enjoy the in-depth one-on-one chit-chat. And what are we chit-chatting on today? Well, uh, before I tell you that, I want to say hello to everyone. Nah. Greeting. Greeting. <laughs> nah, forget about it. Forget about it. Oh, no. <laughs> Outside the doctor's bed. (laughs) (laughs) Greetings, everybody. Welcome to Magical Medical Tour. I'm Dr. Glenn Wallman. I will be your host, along with Christina, as we travel through another quadrant of the healthcare galaxy in search of optimal health. Uh, I want to tell you a joke that I heard the other day. Uh Uh-oh. Yep. (laughs) It's one of those participatory jokes. You know, like the knock-knock jokes? Okay. Okay. But it's not a knock-knock joke. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> Just kidding. It's terrible that it's not a knock-knock. Or I like terrib- knock-knock jokes. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. But this one isn't one. Maybe for the next Inside uh, Christina's Bag, we'll have, a <laughs> we'll have a knock-knock joke. Okay, what's the joke? So, two, now I heard this from a kid. So, two kids, Pete and Repeat, walk into a room. Pete leaves the room. Who's left? Repeat. Okay, Pete and repeat walk into a room, <laughs> and Pete leaves the room. Who's left? You know that other one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great, excellent. So the reason I brought that up is it seems like I like to Pete and repeat continuously about the six categories that we talk about all the time. As you know, we talk about exercise, nutrition stress management, sleep management, patterns of behavior, and spirituality. And there is no end for me talking about this and making sure that people have a real understanding of the need to honor and address each of these categories and and bring each one individually and as a group all together into an optimal place. That's the way that you're going to uh, obtain, maintain, or regain any possibility of optimal health, health, and life balance. And we have done many episodes on the six categories, and we've broken down a few of these categories and had one specific one on each. And today we're going to look at one of the categories, sleep. I want to talk about that a little bit more today. But I would suggest that to have a better understanding of sleep, Go back to episodes 16 and 24. That's 16 and 24 with Dr. Andy Binder. And he will 
be able to explain a lot of the depth of sleep that I'm not going to do today. I'm going to mainly give what I consider just some clues on how to sleep and uh, things like that. So that's where we're going to go today. We're going to talk about sleep. Mm, I like that. Yep. I like sleep. Now, can I just check out now? <laughs> well, it might it might be one of those where if I put you to sleep, I won't know if this was a successful uh, episode or a failure as an episode. Well, you are promoting sleep right now, so I am promoting sleep. There you go. Right, as I have done with my uh, album with my cousin Terry Wallman, where we produced Sleep Sweet. Yeah, absolutely, that which is a wonderful album, actually, uh, wonderful yeah. CD. Um, so I, I just want to let everyone know at any time during the show, you can feel free to ask a question or make a comment simply by scrolling down on your screen and typing it into the comment box. And be sure to click submit, of course. Or you can call us at 818-LET'S-TALK. 818-LET'S-TALK. And uh, please, we invite you to share your comments, suggestions, questions with us. And we'll be sure to get uh, pass those on to our guest or Dr. Woolman in this case and uh, get right back to you. And when you call in, please be sure to leave your contact information so that we can get back to you. Okay. Thank you, Glenn. Uh, you're welcome. Thank you, Christina. So as I said, I'm not really going to talk about sleep as much anymore, what it is, why it is, um, why we need it. Those are things that we've discussed in the other episodes, and I, again, refer back to those episodes. Uh, if Certainly, if you have any questions, we can discuss them during the show. But uh, what the important part is that we do sleep, and we need sleep, and we're finding out a lot more about sleep, why we need it, why we do it, what happens during sleep. Uh, and these are good things to know about. But, but again... We're, we're touching just the surface. You know, when we talk about the electroencephalogram, the brain waves that we see in the different uh, stages of sleep where the brain waves change in their ab amplitude and frequency, that's how we can define the different uh, levels of the sleep. We're in uh, beta sleep or alpha or theta or delta sleep or REM sleep. But again, we have to realize that those are surface uh, measurements. We put them on the scalp. Things are happening deep inside the brain that maybe we're not measuring yet, and we'll be finding out about them at another point as we get um, more scientific about it. But the science, the part that I think is important to me, is to know that we're learning that sleep, and this is the reason that I consider it an important category, is Sleep is one of the things that's connected and linked to illnesses, certain types of illnesses, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, uh, coronary artery disease, immune uh, problems, uh, problems with the immune system, infections. <clears throat> We're also seeing now that there's obviously genetic components to sleep, and we're we're just starting to break the surface on recognizing that Mental illness and sleep have some commonalities. We're finding that some of the areas in the brain that produce certain types of mental illness are located right near certain parts of the brain that have to do with sleep, and they share some connections. And why is this important? It's important because 
the more we understand of the mechanism of how it happens, then we have the possibility of figuring out better diagnoses and better treatment. You know, most of our treatments now, at least in the past, if somebody needed sleep, we gave them something for anxiety and that would dull their senses and they would pass out from that. But it wasn't really a good natural deep sleep. Or we gave pain medication or something, some kind of a narcotic. Uh, some of the newer medications, Ambien and uh, medications like that, are coming closer to producing natural sleep. We're going to mm. the actual parts of the brain that uh, create sleep and create wakefulness. And uh, as we get better at this, we'll have better medications and better treatments. So when we're starting to talk about mental illness, you know, we always hear about the Prozacs and the Zolofts and many of these drugs that so many people in our country and around the world are on right now. Uh, and of course, like everything else, they have very bad side effects. Sometimes they do very good things for people and allow them to live uh, fairly normal lives. But sometimes there are side effects which uh, are really detrimental to having a happy life. So the more that we find out about sleep and its links to everything else, the better possibilities we'll find for uh, treating these things in ways that uh, are better. Mm. Wow, I didn't realize it was linked to, you know, all the other illnesses. Well, what happens if you picture the process, and I'm starting, you know, when I, when I look at my categories, and, and I keep tri playing this game with myself, and I, and I play it a lot when I'm talking about it to different people, I always, whichever one I'm saying, uh, you know, for example, exercise, I say exercise is really the most important because it does this, and then when, as soon as I start talking about nutrition, I say if you think exercise is important, nutrition is even more important. And then when I say, well, if you think nutrition is important, then, you know, uh, stress management. Got to have stress management. But they're, but they're all connected. And mm -hmm. if what I thought about, I was thinking about this while preparing for the, today's episode, was that when you go to sleep, that's really the start of your day. When you uh, get up and do things, you've had the sleep. That prepares you to go out and face the day. And so if you have a great sleep, then you face the day in a much better manner. But if you have a very bad sleep, you wake up a little too early, you don't have time for breakfast, that kills the nutrition aspect. You're really tired, you're too tired to go and work out that day. That kills the, uh, or affects in some way, the um, exercise aspect. You get into a situation at work where you're not uh, agreeing with your boss or a, a fellow uh, coworker, and that causes stress. That does things, and and it keeps going on and on and on. And then it's time to go to sleep again, and you're exhausted, but you're wired because you're worried about the stress, and you haven't eaten, and you're hungry, and so they all are connected. But I think sleep is probably the beginning for me now. Uh, we need important sleep. Lots of things happen during sleep, and we're learning more about that. It seems like we can restore things in our body. We can uh, learn things in sleep, and we can adapt to things in sleep. Again, looking back to some of the other episodes, uh, we'll find out more about that. But I do want to talk about uh, giving some clues today on how to sleep. How's that sound to you? On how to sleep. 
Yes, I, just uh, my suggestions on things. And, you know, I've done a lot of research. I've talked with a lot of people that are sleep specialists and everything else. But uh, <clears throat> so I've put together what I believe is a good idea. Now, there's Great. obviously uh, many different things, and I'm not necessarily going to cover everything. Somebody might be able to call in and say, well, but what about this? And I will say, oh, great idea. I didn't get a chance to talk about that. So thank you for calling in. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. So before talking about sleep, everyone should analyze how they sleep. And and you can do that through, uh, you could do a sleep journal. You can uh, just Analyze it during the day when you're awake and at night. If you uh, get into bed at a certain time every night and you hit the pillow and then a few minutes you're asleep, you don't wake up for eight, nine hours, you wake up totally refreshed and happy throughout the day, then your sleep is good and you don't need to be too concerned about what we're talking about today, although there might be something in it for you because every once in a while you may have some trouble sleeping and this may help a little bit. But uh, on the other hand, if you have trouble sleeping all night, you wake up many times during the night, during the day, you're yawning all the time, you're dreaming about sleep while you're working, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're, you're, you're wanting to take a nap, and, and that's all you're thinking about is sleep, then you didn't get enough sleep. And as you're analyzing yourself, and if you, if you are with a partner, and that partner can give advice to you about well, last night I was listening to your breathing and you were snoring and suddenly you stopped snoring multiple times. That's, that's evidence of potential, what we call sleep apnea. And that's a very important and potentially life-threatening illness uh, and sleep disorder. And there are many sleep disorders. There's only, probably around 100 of them, mm. uh, maybe a little more, maybe a little less. But uh, it's important to recognize if you do have a sleep disorder and potentially get to a sleep doctor or at least speak to your own doctor about it. So the first thing in how to sleep, I think, is honor sleep. You have to start realizing how important it is. And, you know, I don't know if I need to say much about that, but most people nowadays are saying, oh, I don't need to sleep. You hear that from people. I only need two hours of sleep a night. all of the things that are putting sleep down, uh, some people say that, you know, if you're sleeping, you're wasting time. There's a lot more things to do. So um, I think the first step is honor sleep. And then the second step is to give yourself permission to go to bed. You know, sometimes a student may say, I have to keep studying, I have an exam, or a person in the job at a job may say, I have to fill out this report or do this. Uh, I can't go to sleep. You, you need to give yourself permission to go to bed. Uh, the third thing, and some of, these, you know, some of these are pretty simple and easy, but it's one of those things that you just don't think about because it's so simple and easy that you have to do that. Try and keep regular hours. This is pretty important. Uh, Dr. Binder says to us, we always used to think you have to go to bed at the same time and wake up at the same time. He said uh, in one of uh, our episodes that it isn't necessarily as important to uh, go to sleep at the same time, but it's always important to wake up at the same time. And I think that just keeping 
regular hours within a degree or so. You know, most of the time you go to bed at 10 o'clock. If you go to bed at 10.30 or 9.45, that's not a big deal. If you wake up at 8 o'clock every morning and sometimes you wake up at 7.45 or 8.15, may not be as big a deal. But it's all about setting our clocks. We have these internal clocks inside of us. There's a clock for sleeping and there's a clock for waking. And when I say clocks, it's really a metaphor. It's really a, a part of a cellular structure that produces chemicals that are chemicals that either make you wake up or help you to go to sleep. And you can almost imagine a seesaw, you know, a children's seesaw, where each on each end of the seesaw is a bucket. And uh, one bucket is filled with all of the chemistry that helps you go to sleep. And at that point, the bucket that might be up in the air would be the one that's helping you to wake up, and that's empty. But during the night, as you're using up all of the sleep chemistry in the grounded seesaw and bucket, that one starts to rise, and the chemistry in the bucket for wakefulness uh, starts lowering down. And when that hits the ground, metaphorically, that's when you're awake. So you've got these two balances. And light is a very important aspect of that. But also, so is eating, and so is exercise, and so is stress, uh, because these are all about hormones and chemistry that go on within the brain and the body. So it's very important to try and keep regular hours. I'd like to spend a little time, and of course, Christina, if you have any questions about any of these or statements or additions, obviously jump right in. Well, I have a question. I, I know people who, like, they'll, they, it could be a, an issue that they're dealing with, but the, how they sleep for maybe four or five hours, and mm-hmm. then they'll wake up. Mm-hmm. And then they might stay awake for two hours because they mm-hmm. can't sleep, and then they go back to sleep for another three hours or so. And they do get their eight, hour, eight or nine hours of sleep, but they have this break in between. Right, and I'm going... Go ahead. Oh, does that kind of throw something off? Um, sometimes it can because you need to be, uh, you need to spend certain amount of time in REM sleep and deep delta sleep. Mm. Uh, usually, sleep goes in cycles throughout the night. It's about a ninety-minute cycle where you go from awake uh, down into the, uh, not really down, but into this deepest sleep, and you come back to REM sleep. If you could see on a uh, scale, it goes up and down in cycles for about 90 minutes, and then you drop back down again and then come into REM sleep and then drop into delta. And it's important to be in certain of these realms for certain amounts of time. That's where the different things happen. Some of the, A lot of the dreaming happens in the REM sleep. A lot of the restoration uh, seems to happen in the delta sleep. So... Uh, if if that person goes to sleep and uh, gets four hours and a couple of good cycles, and then they're up for a little while and they go back to sleep and they get back into those and they do cover those areas, then they'll be fine. Mm. And it's not a problem. And I'm going to talk about a few things in a, in a while about what to do if you actually do wake up. But uh, yes, if you have your certain amount, and again, the key here is how are you during the day? That will tell you if you're, as I said, if you're awake and you're active and energetic and happy and not stressed out and eating well because all is good and you had a good night's sleep, that's fine. If you're tired, yawning, can't concentrate, can't focus, can't do anything, not enough energy for 
the things that you need to do, then then that tells you that no matter how you're sleeping, it's not a good one. <laughs> <laughs> that means go back to sleep. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And and it means to start changing your and you know what we talk about patterns of behavior. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so and this is why I say honor sleep. Because if you're not getting enough sleep and you don't honor it and try and say, I've got to change this so I can, I can sleep better so all the other things can work, then you're hurting yourself and you're going to eventually have problems that are going to be health-related. Okay, so th- there's, okay. there's only, well, so far I think you have four things, right? Honor sleep, give yourself permission to sleep, and then regular hours. Right. So now... What we want to talk about is creating a restful place to sleep. That's very important. That's, a, that's one of the most important parts of it. You have to have a place that has uh, darkness because light is, light is the key to being awake and to not being asleep too well. The, it has to be a dark room or it should be as dark as possible. And in fact, even... Uh, suggesting that you change the lights in your bedroom, the wattage of the lights in your bedroom. So if you do have to turn on the light at some point, it's a lower light and it's not going to uh, wake you up startlingly and then have difficulty going back to sleep. You also need to look at the temperature of the room. Probably should be a little bit cool, but not freezing. And it should not be hot where you're sweating and uncomfortable. And then the sound. It should be as soundproof as possible. Some people use white sounds. They'll turn on the radio between two stations or they'll have, uh, they'll have sound machines that sound like a loon in the, in the forest and, or uh, an ocean or rain or running water, those kind of sounds, or have no sound. Or, of course, listen to Sleep Suite. That would be the perfect sound. Uh, so making sure that the area is a restful place to be. And in that process of making sure it's a restful place to be, it's also important to have a bed and a pillow that you love. And I can't stress this enough. It has to be, it almost is the moment you get into bed, if you go, oh, oh, this is great. I love being here. Then you're doing it correctly. Uh, and it's very important to spend money, if you have it, uh, on a good bed. And that includes something for your posture. Make sure that when you get out of bed, you're not hurting all the time. But whatever it is, have a good bed and have a good pillow. And in the area of the pillow, very important to uh, make sure that you're not allergic to something within either the bedding or the pillow stuffing. Uh, Some pillows are created in other countries where there are toxins that are inside of the either the foam or the feathers or whatever the material is made of. It's very important to know that. People sometimes can't figure out why they wake up every morning with a lot of mucus and a stuffy nose and runny eyes. And they're trying to look at allergies out in the world and flowers and other things like that. But it may turn out to be your pillow or your sheets, or your, or your bedding. So very important to get something ideal for yourself. Any thoughts? 
that's uh, something that I, I think because I dealt with allergies most of my life. I mean, I think that's really, really important. My my concern, and I've seen this over and over again, Glenn, is where, and and I understand about the darkness and the room temperature and the sounds, but I have also seen where um, I've seen parents who raise their children to sleep in a very dark room, you know, perfect temperatures. Perfect sound, which is either nothing or soft music. Right. That child grows up and they cannot sleep in any other type of situation. Which that for me, um, that's not for me, it's not the how can I say, is not the if I can say average lifestyle where you know when when you're out and about or or you end up somewhere like like you're visiting someone or you want to go camping one day. Well, I've seen these children go through, and the parents, because the children are going going through such hardship because they can't sleep in another situation. They can't get themselves, you know, uh, adjusted in any way that they are so grumpy all during their trip that the parents actually go wacko <laughs> because, you know, if the children are not getting sleep, but you better believe you're not getting sleep, right. right? Because the situation is not fully dark. You know, you're, you're trying to camp and you know, there is, even though at night is dark, but there's stars, there's sounds, there's, you know, whole, whole other things or, you know, in, in any, in even in a hotel, it's the same thing. It's not always dark. Um, it's not always that perfect home situation that you can give them. So a, I, I like that. It's a very interesting point, except I would, uh, I would say there are still things that you can do. You know, there are night masks and a few other things for darkness. And if you, if you look about it, uh, we know that if we average in the 24 hour day, eight hours of sleep, that's a third of the day. So if we extrapolate that into our life, that's a third of our life. And if almost a third of your life, you're sleeping well because you're at home and, and you don't sleep too well camping, that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's much more important to have the overall bigger picture. Uh, although I'm not a parent traveling with my children, so <laughs> you know, I speak freely in that area. But it, uh, yeah, I understand it, and it makes sense. But again, as the child becomes older, if they have an understanding of how good it is to sleep and have a good night's sleep, then as an adult, they can change their patterns of behavior when they get into other situations and figure it out. Kids, I would say, they're a little more adaptable. They're going to sleep. They're, they're not uh, most of the time, obviously. Uh, I can't say all the time. But I would say that still, it's a better idea to have ideal sleep conditions as much as possible mm. uh, for, for a better night's sleep. But I appreciate what you're saying there. And again, you can, if you're going camping, you know, part of it is the excitement of that process anyway. But if you need to, if you're at a hotel, you want to bring uh, a night uh, goggles or night mask <laughs> or, or and earplugs, you know, when you go on... Um, Think about what uh, happens if you get on an airplane or something. Sometimes they may give you a mask and slippers and uh, earplugs and a few other things to help with the sound and to help with the sight and everything else. So there are adaptable ways you can change. But I think overall it's important to get that good night's sleep in the place that you are the most. Mm. 
Okay. <laughs> do we do we agree to disagree on that? Uh, yo, I, I agree with you that the sleep is so important. That okay. is number one. I, I do agree on that. I, I just, uh, I mean, there's times that I feel um, just experiencing and and watching the ebb and flow. I, I believe, as an adult, especially because I was one that would get two three hours of sleep and could rare, I would just go the next day. Mm-hmm. My energy levels were high. I could think clearly, I could think straight. It was just the way my body was made up as an individual. And I know as the years have gone on, yes, I do need a lot more sleep. I do need that restful period. You know, the more I meditate, the more so I even need my rest. Um, uh, But, you know, really watching uh, for children, their adaptability, I I feel is almost... Um, you know, there are some good habits to build. And, and for me, some of the good habits is, you know, the consistency of good rest, but also, but the environment, if they are exposed to different environments from an early age, which, you know, a child is how you mold that child to be. So, um, it's so easy, uh, I mean, uh, for my child to, actually sleep in almost any situation with any sound, whether it be on a plane, in a car, because it was always that way. It was always the way where, okay, this room is full of noise and you're sleeping in my office right now and I have to continue working. And now it's like he can sleep anywhere. It, it's amazing. I Light, dark, it doesn't matter. It's like, I'm tired now. Okay, put your head down, go to sleep. Done. You know, oh, that's perfect. Yeah, and, and, and whereas the ones that were at the extreme of that perfect room, that perfect balance at that that young age, they're not. It was hard, so hard for them to adapt out of it because it's almost like the foundation was laid. And mm. you know, as teenagers, it's like, oh, if I don't have a dark room, if I don't have this, if I don't have that, it's really hard to sleep. And mm. it's, and and I've kind of you know just looking at the young kids becoming teenagers and having conversations with them like oh do you have trouble doing that yeah you know i do i do it's like how how does your son just sleep anywhere i have never been able to do that and then i talk to the parents and see what they've done and oh yeah it was the perfect environment and and now they can't sleep anywhere (laughs) so it's interesting isn't it it is definitely and i would say that again you go back to the first uh three things first of all if you have a child and you teach them to honor sleep, that's going to be the first thing. So they'll be able to adapt. Mm-hmm. Uh, give yourself permission to sleep. Uh, and again, more adaptable, try and keep regular hours. So if teaching them to adapt and to honor it and all of the other things that we talk about, somehow uh, they will be able to get to sleep. And if for some reason they can't get to sleep in one night, uh, that's okay. Yeah. But- for one, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We just got home at two in the morning, but you have to wake up at six. No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that does happens. happen. Yeah. yeah. And it, and everybody becomes, you know, if you become a college student, every once in a while you put in an all nighter. That's right. So things do happen with yeah. that. Yeah. It's just, it's in the bigger picture. Overall, if you miss one night of sleep, your body will make up for that and you'll get, get you through it. But if you're missing every night of sleep, that's where, oh. that's where this is about. Yeah, that's, that's hard. Yeah. Uh, I would also say make sure you don't, and this is a really tough one for a lot of people, don't have pets in your bed. Oh, that's the easiest one for me. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, when you when you when you've had a whole childhood of allergies, that's the first thing. I mean, no pets, almost nobody, yeah. no pets. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. But there are yes. some people, you know, our pet lovers. It's hard not to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, that's tough because they trek in so much stuff from the outside, all the toxins from the outside in their fur. It's yeah, we forget about that, don't we? Yeah. And and you know, all of the things that I talk about here are in general. If you're a person uh that can sleep no matter what, then you don't have to worry too much about it. You've got it down and you don't have to figure out the other stuff. These are for people that are having a little bit of trouble sleeping uh, and want to figure out maybe some things that they can do. So as you're moving through the day, remember having good habits during the day by eating correctly at the right times, uh, exercising at the right times, doing all the good things that you do, and cutting down on stimulants like nicotine and caffeine and alcohol, uh, you know, Kabir Southwick and Tracy Harrison have talked about drinking uh, caffeine and things like that at certain times of the day and the half-life of caffeine. It seems like, uh, you know, people that are drinking coffee just before they go to sleep, if those are people that can do that, that's fine. But for many of us, that caffeine has a very long half-life. So if you're drinking coffee uh, sometime afternoon and you go to sleep around 9 o'clock, there's a possibility that caffeine will still be in. And that could be a reason if you're having trouble sleeping. Uh, so another one is to, as you start preparing for bed, uh, start closing down in terms of lights around the house, in terms of external stimuli, too much loud music. Start just quieting down and taking it easy, maybe even an hour to two before you go to bed. Uh, shutting lights down and, and getting your body adjusted so that it's preparing for bed and nothing else. I also suggest either taking a hot bath or a shower before bed. seems like that uh, kind of relaxes. I do that as a ritual in a way. It washes off the day for me. It's a little bit of a meditation and it relaxes me. But they also say after the hot shower or the hot bath, sometimes cooling the brain down helps it sleep. So if you're really having trouble sleeping and you want to try something else, maybe a, a towel ice pack around your head. And what I mean by that is you could take a towel, wet it, put it in the freezer for a, about 45 minutes, take it out when it's still malleable, wrap it around your head for a little while, cool the brain down. And sometimes this uh, will help you to sleep a little better. Oh, that's a new one. I like that. You like that, huh? Yeah. Even though I can uh, usually sleep really well anyway. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. I, I like that. Well, again, you know, this is, you know, when I, if I meet somebody that says, you know, just before, uh, about an hour before I go to sleep, I have a big uh, cappuccino, frappe, latte, <laughs> mocha, Red Bull, Chilino. Oh, Red Bull. <laughs> a Red Bull Chilino. And... Uh, and I sleep really well with that, oh, but I like to have, do a little kickboxing exercise and then read about, you know, some, uh, some really uh, adventurous activity that stimulate you and you still sleep. This is not necessarily for you. And, <laughs> and, and you don't have to change too many things. <laughs> that was me about 20 years ago. Okay. Yeah. That, was a, that, was, that was a lot of us. Uh, 
So when you finally get into bed and you've done all the things and you're about to shut down, what I like to do first is uh, get into bed and no matter what position you sleep in, if you sleep on your abdomen, if you sleep on a side, somewhat of a side, a fetal position or on your back, I always like to suggest that people start out on their back uh, just for a few minutes to allow yourself the transition from being awake and during the day and getting into now I'm ready to honor sleep and I just think about it for a few minutes. And what I do is I take my focus and I stop focusing on all the things that are causing anxiety and stresses and worries about the day before, the day after, whatever. And I start to focus in on my body and I look at, um, is anything hurting anywhere? Uh, do I need to do any healing during sleep? Uh, and if nothing is hurting, I start to relax my body. Uh, and there are different ways of doing this. Cognitive exercises, you can uh, you know, start at the feet and relax everything and work your way up. Or start at the head and work your way down. But just relax the body. And after the body, if you've checked in with the body and nothing hurting or nothing to be healed, or something is hurting and you need to deal with that and start the healing, then you go to your mind and you start just quieting the mind down, uh, stopping to think of a lot of the things that are going on. And this takes practice. It's not easy to do. But one of the things that we're finding is that there's actually uh, chemistry that causes anxiety. Uh, and if you're worried about something and this chemistry gets into your bloodstream and goes up to your brain, that's going to keep you awake. So by being aware of that and working on that, you start to quiet your mind down. And then finally, uh, spirit. And what I do for the spirit part is I imagine this uh, beautiful light, and I change the color of it depending on what's going on in my life and that day, whatever color comes to me or I need. And I picture that light in my brain. My whole brain is just covered with that light. And I slowly turn the dimmer switch. And I turn the light off inside my brain. And at that point, I try to go to sleep and I stay that way. And uh, sometimes I'll wake up and then go into the position that I usually sleep in on my side. And then you can do the same thing. So that's how I go to sleep. If you awaken in the middle of the night because of either thirst or bathroom needs. <clears throat> Again, remember that the light is your enemy for sleep. So when you do wake up, try not to turn on a light. Or if you have to turn one on, make sure it's a really low-intensity light. And I think I've said this before, but if you can keep your eyes squinted and, in fact, keep one eye closed and maybe just allow a little light so that you don't walk into closets or walk into doors, uh, then just a little bit of light. The less light that comes in, the better off you'll be. Because the more light that comes in, the more chance your body is going to get a message in your brain saying, uh, it's time to wake up, even though you know it isn't. So try and keep it dark. And I would also say sometimes, even if it's about thirst and you recognize that, keep a glass of water by your bed and just have a little sip so you don't have to get out of bed uh, to take care of that need. I also uh, suggest that that water by the bed when you wake up in the morning, and we'll talk about waking up in a few minutes, is uh, have a little sip of that water before you start anything else. If you do uh, 
that, and then you go back in and you get back to sleep, that's fine. You wake up in the morning. But then there's another possibility that you can't get back to sleep at that moment. And what I suggest then is instead of trying to be in the bed tossing and turning, it's very important that we, that we use the bed for two things, one for sleep and one for intimate relations. Uh, other things uh, are not recommended. You shouldn't necessarily read in bed. And of course, I know there are people that love to read in bed, and then that's how they sleep. Those people, I'm not. don't change your pattern of behavior if it's working. But if you can't figure out why you're not sleeping and you're just reading in bed, maybe you need to uh, look at that pattern. If you are awake and you can't get back to sleep, get out of the bed and go do some minimally uh, energetic, minimally light-requiring uh, program. If you're knitting or you just want to sit and sit out of the bed for a little while, do some little task that doesn't keep you energized, doesn't make you think too much, but just gets you tired and back to bed. You have to keep fooling the brain, essentially, and, to, and when you're ready, you go back to bed if you can. If not, then you have to start analyzing the sleep process and look to see, and maybe you need to talk to your doctor about sleep, and eventually maybe you need to go to um, see a sleep doctor. So that's basically the whole process of going to sleep. Is there anything that you uh, want to talk about before we talk about the next aspect? No, I think you've covered it really well. So, yeah. yeah. It's 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 interesting how how you know those people who cannot get back to sleep, um, you know what what they can do, uh, or it's it's really I find it really they they have a hard time uh, just making a decision what it is they're going to do whether or not they're going to get up and or you know try again and it's such a break in their evening. That's right. And, and if it's a problem, that's why uh, some people recommend if you do have a problem with sleep or you're recognizing it, uh, develop a sleep journal and mm-hmm. write about it and talk about it with uh, family or friends or do your own research on the Internet or go to your doctor and they may recommend based on the sleep journal that you're talking about that you might need to do some cognitive behavioral exercises, count backwards from something or count sheep or something like that. You know, there are many things that can be done um, on many levels, scientific and Zen-related. Sometimes you could just go into a Zen meditative state and picture that sleep is like a river and you just want to come to the bank and and float into the river and, and that will help some people sleep. But if you if you're not sleeping with all of this and you keep your uh, journal, then you can go and uh, talk to your doctor about it and see if you can get sleep because it's so important. So the Wonderful. thing that people, yeah, so the thing that people don't talk about a lot, and I like to talk about, is how to wake up. I think that's as important as many of the other things we do. You know, getting back to sleep for a minute. I remember Patrick Howell when we spoke with him. He talked about things to do before going to sleep, you know, writing down a few things. Remember in one of our episodes talked about how your day was or things like that. Three points of gratitude. I still do that. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But then we, and, and that's a good thing to do. Develop some rituals. You know, one of the things that you can do as you go to sleep is before you close down your mind, just honor the mind, what you did today. 
and in, in your spirit, honor uh, how you were today and was it a good day and be thankful for that good day. And then we talk about waking up. And this is important for me. Uh, the way that I wake up is that as soon as my consciousness knows that I'm awake and my mind knows that I'm awake, I make sure that I keep my eyes closed. And the first thing I do is kind of welcome myself back to life and uh, honoring spirit, etc., just for a few moments. But while you're still with your eyes closed, don't get too energetic. The first thing I would like you to do is to make this connection between the cells and the mind. And what I mean, you know what I mean by cells, that's everywhere in the body. So again, just like we did before we went to bed, um, where you checked your body out, do not move, but just go through an entire scan of your body from your feet all the way up to your head and see if anything feels abnormal or if anything hurts without movement. And because you're not too, your eyes aren't up yet, your, your eyes aren't open, and you can focus a lot more, and you're not thinking about other things that you have to do, you can really connect more easily to your cells and to everything and make sure nothing is hurting with no movement. When you realize that nothing is hurting without any movement, then slowly go through the same process again, but this time move everything slowly. So you move your toes a little bit. Did that hurt? No, good. Then you move your uh, ankles. Did that hurt? No, you just move them around a little bit. Nothing really radical, just slight, ever so slight movements. Go up your legs, into your knees, up to your hips. Uh, move your pelvis back and forth, up and down, side to side. Try and move your back just a little bit, just little bitty twists, arms, fingers, elbows, shoulders, wrists, uh, up into your neck and up into your head. If you see that something hurts, then be aware of that and be careful about that during the day. Recognize that and check it out. If nothing is hurting, then you move to the uh, next portion where you can move a little more. But usually once you've moved a little bit, uh, then you know that nothing is hurting, then it's time to do the next thing. Now, so you've connected your body, now you start connecting your mind, and you've been working with your mind, and you're starting to think about the day, and as you're about to wake up, you want to connect your spirit back into the whole process. And what I like to do is declare the day uh, with some kind of an affirmation uh, and make it different every day. You know, Marissa Pay. When we spoke with her, she had, I think, seven things that she would say before she would get out of bed. She would discuss a number of things that she would do. I don't necessarily know that you need to do seven. One is fine for me. But if you want to do seven or 25, whatever it takes to make you feel good uh, and to kind of declare the day, uh, do that. Do something like that. Today, I want to make people laugh a lot. And so that's going to be one of my goals for today. And so after I've done all that, and again, my eyes are still closed through this whole process, what I then like to do, if you remember correctly, just before we went to bed, we took that light in our brain and dimmed it to as much darkness as we can. What I then like to do is my final aspect is I begin to uh, picture that light in my brain and I start turning on the dimmer switch 
And so it's getting brighter and brighter and brighter. And when it gets to the uh, amount of brightness that I feel is right, then I open my eyes for the first time and I let out the light from inside of me. And it mixes with the light of the day. I'm ready for the day. I get out of bed slowly, maybe have that little glass of water, and then start the day with good digestion. And of course, it's very important that. Within this whole process, we talked about keeping regular hours. So if you know that you need to be at work at a certain hour, then you need to make sure that you have enough sleep so that you can get up uh, and do some kind of a ritual so that you're not jumping out of bed, running out of bed, and starting your day um, frenetically and uh, without purpose. Uh Uh-oh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, there you go well as you were saying about about lying in bed and turning up the dimmer switch i think there was a time in my life where yeah i could do that i could do that there were no alarms there were no uh 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 times that i had to be somewhere or appointments etc and i thought okay so what do we do when the alarm goes off Mm -hmm. either we have to turn it off right well, we can, we can have a theory right now. One of the things, yes, you can, you don't necessarily have to turn it off. You can have different types of alarms that will go off. And it could be something that's very soothing rather than very jarring. The other, the other theory that you can ask yourself is, or you could say is, if you need an alarm to wake up, it means you didn't get enough sleep. So you should potentially w- wake up naturally. I'll uh, go back to your camping out. Uh, very few people bring an alarm clock when they camp out. Uh, it's because we, we go back to a primitive nature where we used to be awake during the day and we used to sleep as soon as the sun went down. Thomas Edison obviously changed that for all of us. Now we can... <laughs> we can el- work through the night. <laughs> yeah, we can eliminate darkness. There is no more darkness. So... Uh, now it becomes much more of a challenge for all of us. Well, also because like during the day, we're working, we're at a whole different pace of life. Whereas right. when we're camping or on holiday, right. um, you know, a holiday where you're not rushing around on a tour, but on right. a holiday where where you're rested. And and I know this because when we when I do go on holiday where I turn everything off, it is that way. I wake up naturally by 8 o'clock or 7.30 naturally. Right. Right, but also I haven't had the stress of the day, the stresses of the day of running a company, making it on time, you know, running a child to and from, you know, their things and homework and you know those schedules that are just uh, quite uh, intense. So even though we might want to go to bed by nine (laughs) o'clock, nine hours later is like. Okay, I need that alarm to wake <laughs> Yes, of course. Um, again, you know, this is magical medical tour, so it's an ideal world where everything is perfect. But, <laughs> does that exist? <laughs> Optimal health does, but I don't know. <laughs> yes, well, it, exi- it exists every, tu- every Tuesday at 1030. Uh, yes, <laughs> your moment of magic. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. But again, it goes back to that very first thing, honor sleep. Uh, realize the importance of it. 
science is starting to realize the importance of it. And if you honor it and realize the importance in the sense that it has to do with just the things that you mentioned, you have to run a business, you have to run a family, you have lots of things to do. Would you rather be doing that after a good night's sleep or on a terrible night? You know, we talk about uh, who would you rather have? Would you rather have the, the neurosurgeon that's going to operate on your brain tumor would you rather they had a good night's sleep the night before or no big deal, just wake up with that alarm clock and go to work on my brain? <laughs> you know? would, you rather have, would you rather have a school bus driver, you know, uh, have a good night's sleep when you put your kid on that bus and they're on their way to work? You want to know or feel that that uh, school bus driver had a good night's sleep. So it's important for all of us because it's, it's really reached epidemic uh, proportions. We're mm. asleep. We're sleep deprived in our society. Mm -hmm. We don't honor as much anymore as we did uh, hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years ago. Mm -hmm. We're mm -hmm. understanding more about it now, but we're honoring it less, and we're trying to figure out ways to uh, eliminate it. But you're absolutely right. Not even hundreds and hundreds of years ago. I mean, I think about fifty years ago. You know, when, mm -hmm. when my parents were working, there were, there were no computers at the time. Well, they were, but, you know, not accessible to right. the common person. And before television made its way, you know, to our living rooms and our homes, I think it was a very different lifestyle. And that, that wasn't that long ago when you yeah. think of it. That's now true. people can watch, uh, people have televisions in their bedrooms now. Yes, and that's why I say that, and again, one of the things we talked about is use the bed for sleeping and intimate relations. Don't use it for uh, crossword puzzles, and don't use it for eating, and don't use it for reading, and don't use it for many things. Unless, again, as I said, if you're the person that can do all those things and still get a great night's sleep, that's mm -hmm. okay for you. But if you're doing those things and you can't figure out why you're not getting a good night's sleep, because you're sending mixed messages to your brain. Uh, if you're sending the message, oh, the brain is, uh, the bed is the place where I do crossword puzzles. No, it should be the bed is the place where you sleep. And so you don't want to uh, watch too much television in there. You don't want to, it to be an entertainment uh, center, except mm -hmm. for the intimate relations part. That could be entertaining. <laughs> but, I, but I also believe that's a perfect part for sleep. I left that out. That should have been right after honor sleep. <laughs> you, you should, uh, honor intimacy. Okay. Honor intimacy because it, nothing better. It burns calories. It's a little bit of exercise. It's intimate. It's loving. It's emotional. And then cuddling afterwards and spooning is a great way to go to sleep. There you go. <laughs> Yes, it's uh this is um ha ah, an interesting uh moment of sleep. Now I just want to go to sleep. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. See right now. The the the, the afternoon uh siesta, right? Well, the, again, when we look at the science of sleep, we start understanding chemistry and we can see that sometimes after a meal certain chemistry happens and makes you a little bit sleepy sometimes. You know, a lot of this has to do with cortisol levels and adrenaline and many of the hormones in our body uh, go up and down. They're like a sine wave. And they, you know, you get this mid-morning. Remember we talked about the seesaw, right? 
And on one side of the seesaw is the chemistry for sleep. On the other side of the seesaw is the chemistry to stay awake. Well, sometimes during the day, throughout the cycle of the day, there's a little bit of that uh, surge of the sleep chemistry that makes you a little sleepy. Sometimes if you wake up at 7 or 8 in the morning, you might have that experience around 11 o'clock, getting a little tired for a little while. And, but then it goes away if you get through it. And sometimes, uh, you know, if you haven't had much sleep, you can also play with that a little bit and say, wow, I'm really tired all day, really tired all day. And then suddenly at some point, you really get a surge of energy and you don't recognize that you're tired anymore. So all of this is about chemistry and we have to, and it's really the chemistry of the body is trying to make the body healthy. That's why the body has that chemistry. So the body needs sleep and it needs to be awake. And it's important to honor both. Yes, I, I was just uh, recently talking about those surges. It's like, okay, 10.30, 11 o'clock. All right, I'm checking out. No, <laughs> It's like, okay. It's, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting what the body wants to do. But also what... I also find like like what you said about nutrition and diet during the day. Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly, um, uh, when when we don't eat a certain way and uh, nu- like nutritiously, clearly mm-hmm. it shows up that next day. Right. It's like the body is choked, and and it it just is striving to to find the energy because what was consumed the night before wasn't very healthy. It is all about health, and that's why I always peat and repeat my my six my six <laughs> categories. It's just so important and they're so connected and they're all connected to health. Mm-hmm. That's the key here. They're all connected to health and you've got to honor all of them. If you get great night's sleep every night, but you don't eat well, you don't exercise, and you're always stressed out, even though you could say, but I sleep really well, um, you're not going to be healthy. Mm-hmm. And you could take each one of those categories and say, boy, I deal with stress really well, but I don't eat well, I don't sleep well, and I never exercise. You're not going to be healthy. Yes. And every one of those, they're linked together. And sleep, interestingly, uh, in our society, we're so willing to go to a doctor and spend hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars on seeing the doctor, getting medications, getting blood tests to find out how much our cholesterol is and trying to fix our cholesterol levels. And we have this thing here that we can do for free. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it costs nothing. It's just honoring it and developing patterns of behavior that allow one to sleep. Mm-hmm. 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 I one, of the, one of the little clues about, you know, if you want to know how quickly you go to sleep, because that's part of your sleep journal, do you lie in bed for hours or are you, do you hit the bed and the pillow and you're asleep? There's a fork test mm. uh, or a spoon test you could take. Put this spoon in your hand uh, and have it over the bed over, so that uh, when you fall asleep, it'll fall out of your hand and that jarring will wake you up. And huh. then you and then you can time it, and you can say, "Well, I went to bed at ten o'clock, and wow, I heard that noise. It woke me up. It was oh, now it's ten fifteen. <laughs> so you know that it took you about fifteen minutes to go to sleep because um, usually you don't you don't know when you're asleep. Well, I do believe there is an iPhone app now. 
of course. That you put beside your bed, and it actually regulates, you know, if you are when you fall asleep and when you go through the different states of sleep. Can you imagine? Yeah, I don't know if it actually regulates them. I think it, uh, it doesn't regulate. It, register, it registers, registers. Sorry, yeah, right. not regulates. Right. <laughs> yeah. If we had that app, that would be a really good app to have. Yes, then I regulate. wouldn't have to worry about my sleep apnea, would I? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that's definitely. Oh my goodness! Well, Doctor Woolman, this has been a nice, wonderful moment of um, sleep. Sleep. Uh, do, uh, do you have a tip for us today? You know, I was thinking about a tip, and I was thinking about words that we use and how we uh, abide by those words. And you have you have a child, and I know this that was happened when I was a child, and I listened to others. What's the thing that parents say to their child um, when it's time? It's nighttime. They usually say, "Go to bed, go to sleep," right? As if sleep is a place to go. It's not really a place to go. And uh, the same thing is what happens when you're, it's, time, it's in the morning and you got to get your child ready for school. What do you go in? You go in and yell into the room. What do you say? Good wake morning. up. Wake up. <laughs> good, good morning is a good one. But a lot of times, wake yeah. up. And, oh, and you're not... You're not really waking up. You're not moving anywhere. You know, when you go to sleep, you're lying in bed and you're going somewhere, but you're not moving. So how do you go somewhere when you're not moving? You can't oh, go to sleep. Yeah. And how do you, when you wake up, you're still in the same position. So what I think my health tip would be from, I think there's a Chinese saying loosely translated, and you may be better for this, is it's eat, eat, sleep, sleep. And it basically means when you're eating, just eat. When oh. you're sleeping, just sleep. sleep. So I would say, of course, you know, usually the Chinese sayings don't need any more interpretation. They <laughs> speak for themselves. But of course, I'm not going to sit with that. I'm going to expound on it. Uh, I would say, so don't go to sleep. Just be asleep. And don't wake up, just be awake. So be asleep, be awake. When you're sleeping, that's what you need to do, and do it really well. When you're awake, be totally awake, and that includes mindfulness and everything else. So all of the things about be be asleep has to do with the things we talked about today, setting up your room, you know, dimming the lights, uh, quieting down, be asleep. or be awake. Hmm. Don't That's go lovely. anywhere. Just be. That's lovely. Ah, oh, interesting. So I have things to contemplate now. Because <laughs> when when you said, "What do you say to your child?" I go, mm. <laughs> "It's time for bed." No, no, it's time. It's time for our mala beads now. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, you, what do we say? <laughs> you're the total exception to the it's rule. It's so strange. It's like even wake up. I kiss my child awake. I kiss him asleep. I mean, it's like if I, 
<laughs> okay, I can't talk to you anymore. I was like, <laughs> you, how do you wake up your child? Well, I give him kisses on his neck and his toes, uh, and I whisper, "I love you," and I get a "I love you back." <laughs> it's like, yeah, even before the good morning. <laughs> well, you, like, you you just gave me a great idea. We're going to have a Christina app. A Christina. <laughs> so everyone can have a Christina app, and it, it can kiss you before you go to sleep, and then it kisses your toes in the morning when you awaken <laughs> set your christina app I, know. <laughs> I go oh what is my child gonna be like when he grows up <laughs> i think one of these days we need to interview him on magical medical tour <laughs> <laughs> oh it's growing up in a wacky childhood <laughs> Oh, this has been a wonderful moment, Dr. Woolman. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. And yes. thanks, everybody, for listening to us. I want to thank my healers and my teachers for keeping me on my journey. And thank you at Yoga Hub and Christina and Segovia and all those that are making Magical Medical Tour and Trinity of Life and Flowing into Awareness all something that's helping our global community. And until next week, when we travel through another quadrant of the healthcare galaxy, I wish you all optimal health. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Glenn Woolman, for another wonderful moment of sleep. And, of course, we would like to thank each and every one of you for joining us in this new platform of information and education. We're always grateful for your continuous support, and we look forward to hearing your feedback on how we can serve you better. We invite you to connect with Dr. Woolman through his own site at glennwoolman.com, where I do encourage you to learn about his metaphor, square breath. You know, that really helps calm you down at the end of a day or through any stresses of the day. So I really recommend you check that out on his site. And of course, we're always grateful for your feedback, um, uh, suggestions, comments, questions. Please be sure to type them into the comment box or give us a call at 818-LET'S-TALK. 818-LET'S-TALK. So we look forward to having you join us the next time. Until then, namaste. Namaste.